एवरीवन यू आर लिसनिंग टू द पॉड पीआरएन कंपटीशन वी आर पॉडकास्ट बेस्ड इन इंडिया एंड प्रेजेंट इन 47 कंट्रीज अराउंड द ग्लोब लॉयर्स आईपीआर अटॉर्नीज एकेडमिशियंस एंड प्रोफेशनल्स फ्रॉम वेरियस कंट्रीज एंड कॉन्टिनेंट्स वुड डिस्कस and the journeys with us and we discuss on the ten trending topics of antitrust and intellectual property rights today with us is ms avni joshi who is an associate at clifford chance welcome ma'am hi thanks guys thank you for having me yes thank you ma'am for inv- accepting our invite we- I'm Aditya Tiwari, founder and head of the competition team of the podcast, and your host of the day. And we have with us Ms. Ritika Ghosh from consultant at the podcast, and she is the co-host. The title of today's podcast is very interesting, and it is uh, the podcast that we are hosting on our platform. The title is "Journey of an International Competition Lawyer from India." I would request Ritika to introduce ma'am to all of you. Yes, thank you Aditya. I take immense delight in introducing Ms. Avni Joshi, uh, who is an associate at Clifford Chance. She completed her law degree from Jindal Global Law School and pursued a master's degree in competition law from UCL. At Clifford Chance, she is a part of a team that deals with complex antitrust issues for multinational clients. considering the interplay between different practices and rules and taking into account the practical implications that antitrust matters may have on the firm's clients businesses her work involves advising clients on both contentious and non-contentious antitrust matters including representing clients in challenging merger control proceedings and complex multi-jurisdictional cartel cases she is involved in market leading mandates and plays a key role in some of the most significant dominance cases We are extremely delighted to have you with us here today and excited for the conversation. Thank you Ritika. Right ma'am so directly starting with the conversation. Uh, welcome to the podcast and for your experience in Brussels the capital of Belgium and also the competition capital of the world if we say so. Please ma'am Yeah so um I originally came to Brussels in 2019 um so it's been some time now I did go back in the middle during covid but that was when I first came here I would say overall my experience has been very positive Brussels you know even as a city not just as you know competition capital of the world it's it's great it's a melting pot of cultures there's a lot of people from different countries here so it's 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 a great place to be in and especially as a competition lawyer you know the quality of legal practice here is incredible you're always at the heart of competition law issues always some interesting conferences or seminars going on again as the competition capital of the world it's definitely um the hot spot for you to be here if you're interested in competition so i think that's overall my experience has been great the work has been quite varied but i would say that in the beginning i would say coming here was the hardest part because you know as as a non eu citizen um i had to convince someone to hire me and go through the visa process with me so that was the aspect that um 
was quite challenging and of course you know you you have to sort of prove to your potential employer why you're not only better but that much better than an eu candidate who they could hire tomorrow because there's no you know there's no visa restrictions there's no paperwork involved but with you it's like oh yes i come with all these um complicated things that you need to take care of but i promise you i will make it worth your while so i think starting the journey was quite challenging and now i'm in a place where i'm quite um comfortable so that would be like my little sur- my little summary of my journey i'm so glad to hear that ma'am and uh, picking from where uh, you spoke about the challenges for you to come uh, you know to cross the borders uh, how was how has your work experience in india shaped your approach uh, to the competition law to the area uh, the niche aspect of law that you're practicing currently um i would say like first of all i was very prepared for the hours <laughs> coming from an indian law background i think that's definitely a plus point but i do have more experience in belgium than i do in india but i would say that my indian experience made me it made me more prepared and quite super organized and you know in india we would have clients with sometimes not with a lot of experience who required a lot of hand holding and explanations so i think explaining things in a very simplistic manner was something that i started doing from the early days and it you know like when you when you work in india it also gives you a deep understanding of challenges faced by by businesses in quite highly regulated markets so that's like a nice lens to look at things from and then it's also a diverse cultural and economic environment which broadens your perspective like i never thought that i was i would say um only with you know with one sort of area that i focused on or one sort of client that i worked with so i think that i it it allowed me to have like quite a wide perspective on the kind of work that i will do and would like to do and it also made me i think jindal has a big role to play in that like i was really someone who was happy to bring up things like oh i'm interested in this area i would like to pursue something in this area which i you know hold with me to this day that if i find myself interested in a certain sector i will be the first one to bring it up to a senior and say hey i think this is interesting i would like to do more with it right thank you ma'am for telling us about your experience and how the indian experience has shaped or and also how uh, the european experience has been shaping you till the date eu competition law has played a great role in shaping indian antitrust law since 2009 to be precise Uh, what according, according to you is the difference between competition practice in india and the european union um i mean i would say that uh, there are a lot of similarities like you pointed out because our i mean indian competition law is more or less based on eu competition law we borrow a lot of things but i think that the difference in terms of competition practice back at home and here would be just the breadth of the work so 
global matters and working with international teams whereas at least for my personal experience in india i would work on india specific cases or you know assist as local counsel on the national matters so the lens was a bit limited um in the eu we really have to run the process here for clients we are the ones who coordinate with local council we have to get the international filings in we have to review them we hold kind of you know the final pen on everything and another difference i would say is i mean it's it's not severely re- competition practice based but i think the focus on business development activities is quite a lot here um at least in my personal experience i feel like here i can take a lot of initiative and i can you know offer my ideas on how we could come up with the client alert for x y or z topic and you have to kind of you know stay topical and up to date so recently i gave a presentation to my team on the recent amendment to the indian competition law act which was you know a nice um way for me to come back to my home law <laughs> and uh, the the presentation was you know everybody liked it they found it interesting everybody knows that india is an important market so now this has actually become a work stream and we're trying to figure out if we can participate in you know the cci stakeholder consultations because our clients will maybe have something to say on the deal value thresholds or things like this so i think the initiative that you can take is quite amazing over here and in my personal experience like no you know it's i also wasn't working in india long so that probably plays into it so i think yeah that would be my my key points absolutely ma'am really grateful to uh, hear about your presentation i think i agree with you on those lines where the amendment has paved a really long uh, grave way for the indian competition law regime and uh, that brings me uh, and makes me a little curious and i would want you to share with us some of the most interesting cases that you might have worked on okay so i will try to keep this as confidential as i can um and give you <laughs> yeah. some some generic um explanations but i think starting off uh when i was at bakerbots i worked on a case that related to the trucks cartel which um i don't know if you've heard about that it was you know price fixing and collusion amongst some of the biggest truck manufacturers that were in the eu it was i think a five year long investigation and with some of the biggest fines that we had seen and because you know the cartel behavior resulted in high prices for customers there was a massive bad impact on competition and innovation um and in the eu we they the how the process went on was that the manufacturers acknowledged that they were involved and they agreed to settle and because of this they faced this big wave of private lawsuits in a lot of eu countries who seeked compensation for the losses incurred so i was helping my team represent a company that had utilized one of the truck company services to provide its own so it was a follow on damages action case which meant that we relied kind of on the ec judgment to show that our client had personally suffered from the cartel and it should be awarded damages So one of the most interesting aspects I would say of this case was to 
closely monitor the developments of private damages actions in other EU jurisdictions because there were a large number of private lawsuits uh, filed by customers seeking compensation um also because they had also suffered from cartel behavior so there was a lot of movement i would say in private damages actions so we had to stay really updated on what other courts in different eu jurisdictions were doing and um whether they were receptive to awarding damages and how this would impact our case and it was quite a complicated um case because you know there's there's the problem of how do you quantify damages if you know the truck was a rental truck or it was taken through an agency contract so overall it was quite a challenging and complex case and i think it went on or maybe still going on even when i had left the firm i don't know where the situation is at right now um from my indian experience i think my favorite like case was when we were helping a client uh they were being investigated for cartelization and the don raids had already taken place the cci had found mountains of evidence it was really not looking good um for the client and our goal was kind of to train them or to prepare them for the questioning the dg's questioning which you know it was it was cool to kind of pretend to be the dg and come up with potential questions that they could ask to the client and really like make it as a practice exam before they actually went in front of the real dg so that was really cool to be able to be on the other side of the table even though we really weren't we were just pretending but the activity and you know just sitting with colleagues and being like oh they could ask this oh they could grill them on this oh there's so much evidence on this and then we were encouraged by our seniors to really press and press hard so that was quite interesting because you know you in your head it's like oh it's still my client i have to speak respectfully and in this scenario we were like no if you have to grill them you forget their your client you are the dg there is someone who's accused of something so that um that was quite fun and currently i'm working on a very interesting eu law case it's not super competition based but basically um a large energy company got a ruling to reduce its carbon emissions by 45% by 2030 in accordance with the paris agreement and the lawsuit it was brought by i think an environmental organization and they were claiming that you know this company their activities are contributing to climate change violating human rights and the court actually had found that the company's climate policies were insufficient and that it had a human rights obligation to take better action i mean more decisive action and it's the first time actually that a court has held a company accountable for its contribution to climate change and you know if so we're working on the appeal so if the case goes on it could have really far reaching implications for climate related litigation and funnily uh, funnily enough this was the first case that i was put on when i came to clifford chance so i was a bit maybe nervous that it wasn't competition law related fully but it did deal with you know eu markets and freedom of movement of goods and certain other aspects like this so 
the the appeal is ongoing and we're helping come up with arguments that would work in the company's favor when the oral arguments take place so that's um that would be a summary of what i've considered some of the fun cases that i worked on thank you so much ma'am that they all are very interesting and you are very interesting cases from one from india one from your uh, european experience and also a case that you are current interesting especially the climate mitigation one and also uh, with respect to the two cartel the grilling part is actually surprising to me as well as most of the audiences because we uh, do not hear that mm-hmm. people are taking their clients for dg investigation and all but that is very interesting to hear so that's yeah i mean yes so they they were just um, it, it would be hard to transition from being the you know being someone who works for them and being someone who grills them so i think that's why it was such an interesting procedure and maybe i i don't know if other law firms were are doing that i'm sure there is some kind of prep involved in cartel cases because you need prep but yeah it was it was fun yes yes we get it so now we uh, let us maybe the preparatory stage of becoming a global competition lawyer because a lot of us want to or people someone to listen to when i was in that stage because there was not a lot of competition lawyers from india who were working in the eu um i think for me what really helped was you know not giving up that's number one i i can't tell you how many applications i made maybe more than 100 i had a very meticulous way of tracking them i had a big excel sheet with the name of the law firm and where the status was at whether they had gotten back to me i would spend a lot of time tailoring my applications so that is key i think anyone who wants to build a career abroad has to tailor their applications and this is in general as well like if you would apply to a law firm in india you wouldn't just copy paste you know um your your um, cover letter to one law firm through another law firm and i think another thing that's important is um keeping up to date you kind of need to show that you know things and you're interested you know competition law involves it's 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 unique in the way that it covers all industries so staying on top of your developments is quite crucial and i think a great way to do that is to either attend conferences or seminars or keep track of client alerts published by law firms or blog posts like i to this day learn so much through through linkedin or you know posts from other law firms or client alerts from other law firms and i also keep track of what's going on in india in the same way so i think that's one thing and 
networking is very important you know don't be afraid to reach out to people and see how they can help you it's you know it really takes a village because in my case it did and yeah i would just say that if if the focus is to go global then be prepared for it to be like a long drawn kind of process but don't give up because in the end even if you make 100 applications you only need one yes for it to work out and that's you know that's what i got in the end it's not like i had 100 yeses from all the law firms it really wasn't like that so in the end it's just one yes that matters just let that be your inspiration and let it take you and don't be you know like don't i would say like don't be afraid to show your indian experience because india is such an important ma- market like you have to play it as your strength that oh like you know if you hire me i can help you with filings in india because i have experience there like without having to engage local counsel things like this so i think um, you have to play where you come from as a strength rather than as a disadvantage that oh no you'll have to get a work permit if you want to hire me things like this yeah that was really insightful ma'am and uh, drawing from your uh, inputs uh, that was a very needed advice to all the law students so um career in competition law and uh, i completely relate uh, with how you said that you know you will have to reach out to a village because you all, only just need a single yes you need one right person to guide you and be your guiding light and i think um, even though you didn't have many at your time i'm really um, you know glad to see how your journey paved along the way and uh, moving on to the next question i uh, would want to ask you that um, Can, uh, your advice to a student who would want to pursue competition law both in India and abroad, specifically someone who might just be new into the nuances of the law, or someone who is already practicing or aims or is intrigued by the law already. Okay, so for someone who's new, I would say read, you know, catch up. see what interests you there are so many interesting things happening all the time in this in this area of law there's 10000 developments in like the digital space there's something always happening in pharma you know so it's it's like nice to kind of immerse yourself in it and see if you actually like that because some people you know they do like more structure and they would want to be in an area of law that only is limited by you know one part so for example someone who does property law you know they they will still need to be updated on developments of course but they would relate more to property law whereas if it's competition law you need to know everything about everything this is what we um we hear a lot in in my law firm um and then i would say again like repeating my previous point just don't give up track your applications chase do what you have to do track just make sure that you're on top of what what you're doing or who you've reached out to already whether you've had an update i think the worst thing as a student or as someone who's you know wanting to build a career is not to receive a reply and it happens so often that you know you just get ghosted and you never hear back and then it's always like oh did i make it in there did i not make it in there so i think 
it's okay to be pushy like just reach out to hr and ask them is it a yes or no because having you know clarity is always great and i would say networking again super important competition law is no exception attend all the conferences seminars and events that you can try to meet professionals in the field to really get a feel for what it is like to be a competition lawyer do you, does it still interest you when you hear about it from a practical point of view you know because sometimes things that are on paper are not quite the same um in practice in you know in real life and this you know we all know you go through law school you have a very academic lens on things and then all of a sudden depending on where you are whether you're in courts or at 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 a law firm life is so different and you know it's it's always it's always going to be a good thing to speak with actual professionals who work in the field to learn about how they feel about their job what do they do and then be be proactive again this relates to job hunting and i've said enough about that so i will just say like you know i i think it's also quite common for all of us to be quite focused on law firms you know there are also different opportunities and you should be open to them like apply to the cci for an internship i don't know or a regulatory body like it would give you a great first of all it looks amazing on the cv this is something i didn't have and it's still one of my regrets like i wish i had applied for internship at the cci um and another thing is that it gives you like a great insight into the regulatory process or the authorities actual working so that's that's super important as well don't just limit yourself that okay i want to apply to a law firm there are a lot of other types of you know organizations that would be engaging in doing competition law work so that's that's one thing and yeah i think that would be that would be my advice yes thank you so much ma'am even i have a regret not with cci and i'm not in the final year it's now completed so i'll not get an opportunity before i <laughs> but yes thank you so much for <laughs> thank you so much for enlisting all the opportunities that a student can avail and this podcast please pay attention that there are a lot of law firms in india tier 1 tier 2 tier 3 and other law firms they are boutique this way we have research think tanks we have a lot of organizations and even institutes which focus on anti you can also become an ra to professor in your universities or there are certain universities so there are a lot which you can avail that this podcast might be inspiring to all of you who are listening to this podcast lastly let us discuss a very pervading topic which is climate change which is sustainability esg because these things are very important in d as well as they have an impact on competition law in india we had only a handful of cases in one case or maybe two but in europe and in the jurisdiction in which avni ma'am is uh, there there are a sustainability and competition law so i am in the y20 secretariat which is the engagement this year india is presiding and i have authored the white paper on climate change so i would like to oh amazing 
what a competition thinks on climate change and especially sustainability and competition law and a very direct i would ask you that would you allow a firm who is practicing uh, sustainability or environment friend <laughs> that's a great question i think it's it's very topical and i'm going to give you a very lawyer response to that and i'm going to say it depends but anyway we'll we'll step back a little bit i think you know this is this area of law is so important sustainability is so important we know that the world is quite off track in addressing climate change and i think that businesses have quite quite the role in helping create markets that are you know sustainable and according to margaret vestager competition policy should be supporting them in doing this and in the eu especially you know sustainable development is a core principle of the treaty it's a priority objective for the policies but i think so far what we've seen is that the us said that they recognize there's a need for sustainability collaboration but they're taking quite a cautious approach so they want to be careful about opening up antitrust rules to make sure that there's no backsliding in terms of competition or you know you open up the rules and all of a sudden like you said there are new cartels forming in the context of sustainability so i think it's it's quite important for authorities to strike the right balance i would say you know on one hand collaboration is very essential if you're going to address just the scale of the challenge that we're facing in climate change it's not a small scale we've all read about it and this will maybe necessarily involve competitors coming together identifying best practices sharing information about maybe new technologies that are more green sharing information about what they're doing and to collaborate on projects so that that in that light of course collaboration is essential but and and another thing like that i would like to add is that competition authorities so far have included you know when when they look at efficiencies these can only be valued in monetary terms where this is not really possible in a large number of sustainability agreements so i think we're still seeing how the eu or other countries or other jurisdictions will decide how to regulate these kind of agreements how do you strike the balance between this kind of coll- collaboration that actually brings good but it is you know competitors collaborating at the end so uh we've seen for example the austrian um the austrian competition regulator they've chosen a more national approach and they've said that they will exempt certain sustainable cooperation agreements and they will not see them as you know cartelization in the future so uh, as you know pro- it won't be prohibited from restrictive agreements so i think this cautious approach that the eu is taking is well well founded i understand that okay you have to ensure that any collaboration between competitors does not result in anti competitive outcomes but i think it's just striking the balance and this is a very evolving topic we'll see you know what what guidelines they come up with i know that they're 
working on uh, they've just published draft guidelines on agriculture like sustainability agreements in agriculture and they're still waiting comments so i think by the end of this year we will have more more clarity but in contrast you know like uk is has said they've they've like the cma published a paper where they said that competition rules in the uk are not a barrier to sustainability initiatives so i think for companies it can be quite confusing when there's so many regulators saying different things so i think we don't really have that kind of level playing field and not level playing field but like equality in terms of all the regulators are saying the same thing when it comes to sustainability and competition law so i think for me i would just focus on the balance like it's striking the balance that is very important and collaboration is essential if you know helps you address the climate change problem coming together sharing best practices and such but again very 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 topical area we'll see what happens still too early and i don't think i can um, i can make a decision on on what will be considered anti competitive or not because like i said it depends very lawyer answer i know but um that's what i would say yeah